Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Dear Christian, grace, mercy, and God's never-ending peace be yours in abundance today. As you consider who he is, what he has done, and why that builds you up. Could you use some encouragement today? Not any old encouragement, but eternal encouragement. How about a dose of good hope for your soul? If this applies to you, then listen closely to the scriptures, and you will receive eternal encouragement and good hope. Let's start with a story about the American painter John Sargent, who was the leading painter of his era. Sargent lived in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and his paintings, though valuable during his lifetime, became even more valuable after he had died. For example, a painting of his recently sold in 2004 for $23.5 million. Sargent considered his absolute best painting, a virtuoso that was perfect to be a painting of a bouquet of roses. And during his lifetime, several different times, he was offered a healthy amount of money in order to have someone purchase that painting from him. But he always answered, no, 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 and no. Why? Because that painting was a source of encouragement to him. Whenever John Sargent was discouraged and frustrated, whenever he was doubtful of his ability or afraid of what the future might hold, he would look at those roses on the wall and say, Yeah, I painted that. Yes, I did. Then his confidence and ability would swell once again. Sargent would be more optimistic about the future and life would be good. He could continue to function with his work. And this, dear Christian, is a perfect example of what God does not want you to do. If you want some encouragement, if you want some good hope, a reason to keep your chin up, a reason to be resilient, some assurance that it's going to be okay in the long haul, do not look to what you have done. Look instead to what your Savior Jesus has done. Stop the me mode. Get into he mode. Internal encouragement flows your way abundantly when you switch from me mode into he mode. Here's what I mean. Let's unpack these verses today from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and you can see how they describe eternal encouragement as we look at what Jesus has done for us and then also what he will continue to do for us. Look at what the verses say about what Jesus has done for us in the past. Verse 13. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, 
Because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you catch all those parts of the portrait, the virtuoso of Jesus Christ, what he has done for us? We are loved by the Lord. And the word love is not just a short-term word or a Jesus is our friend and it's a fun acquaintance connection but not really all that deep kind of a word. This word is the word agape. The word in the Greek language describing the kind of love that is given from someone who is higher to someone who is lower status. It's the kind of love to describe what happens when It's not just a feeling or an I like you, but it's action. And in particular, this action from someone higher to someone of lower status is all around the higher status person sacrificing something of their own for the good of the person on the lower level. That is agape love and that is a definition of what Jesus has done for you. If you aren't sure, look to His cross. Look to His empty tomb. There He shows you are loved by the Lord. And this started long, long ago. The Scripture verse here also says, God chose you to be saved. He chose you for reasons only known to Him. You did not choose Him. You did not climb up to heaven and grab his ankles and make him choose you. He chose you. He came all the way down from heaven to earth to choose you. God loved you. God chose you to be saved. He chose you to be sanctified. That's a word that means set apart. Unlike the rest of the world in me mode trampling around, you were set apart by God through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, to be in He mode, that you would keep thinking about Jesus, who He is, what He has done for you, and live your life for Him, not for self. God chose you and loved you that you would believe in His truth. Our sinful default mode is that we doubt and that we don't believe in God's truth. Instead, we believe our feelings as though somehow we, the person, know everything and what we feel is truth all the time. But God has loved us enough to shatter that barrier, to break through to our heart that otherwise would never doubt or never believe and only doubt. And instead, He has caused us to believe His truth. He called you to this through our gospel And why? Why has God loved you, chosen you, set you apart, given you belief in the truth, and called you through the gospel? So that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus Christ gets out of bed in the morning, he's not just in me mode. He is in you mode. Jesus Christ can't wait 
to share his glory that he earned through his life, death, and resurrection with you. This gives us eternal encouragement and good hope. Look at what's coming next. We'll start at verse 15. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Did you catch that? Jesus himself has given us eternal encouragement. Jesus himself has given us good hope. He bolsters us. He builds us up. He gives us reason to keep going. He gives us reason to keep our chin up. He promises good things in the future that we'll share in his glory. Not just for a little while, but eternally. And may this God of ours, who loved us so much, that he's washed away our sins by his blood and risen from the grave in victory. May he himself encourage you and strengthen you in every good deed and word. What would prevent us from being all in on what Jesus says? Well, if you think of the things that come up with your me mode tendencies, it could be really one of two things, one of two categories. You could either look at something in your life that you have done, like Sargent and his beautiful picture of roses that other people think are highly valuable, including him, and say, yeah, I did that. I'm going to be okay because I'm successful and I'm in control and I did that. Or it could be the opposite. It could be something on your wall that is in tatters and, and gloomy and dying and yucky. And you could look at that in me mode and say, ah, I did that. I've squandered years. And it's messy and complicated, not easily solved. Don't know where the solution is. I can't fix it. And that brings the opposite of encouragement, doesn't it? You see, when you look at that first one, the successful things, your encouragement is there, but it's never eternal. It's only for a little while. Why do you think John Sargent had to keep looking at that picture over and over and over throughout his life? Because every time he got encouraged by it, it didn't last very long. And then the alternative to look at something you have done that is unsightly and terrible. There's no encouragement to be found there at all. Some examples of this. You could look at your bank account and say, yeah, I did that. I earned that. I'm encouraged by that. I'm going to be okay in the future because of it. But will you? And then the flip side would be if you look at your bank account and you're rattled and you say, oh, I don't know if I have enough. And I thought I'd have more by now, but I don't. 
and what I have I thought would make me feel better than it does, but it doesn't. Either way, you're in me mode and you're not going to be satisfied. What about your awards or trophies? Maybe something that you have earned at work or something that your kids and grandkids have earned, an award or trophy of theirs that that makes you proud. If all your life is wrapped around staring at that and saying, yeah, I did that. They did that. These people close to me did that. And you puff up about it. It'll be good for a short amount of time, but it wears off. It's eventually lost. And then what if your kids and grandkids do things you'd rather not repeat? Or if it's messy and complicated and difficult and and frustrating and saddening? That's a whole other ballgame, isn't it? And if you stay in me mode, that's all you can think about. Really, it could be anything on the wall, good or bad. It could be your career path. It could be an opportunity that falls in your lap or doesn't and is frustrating. It could be the fact that you have a lot of friends or that you have a lot of friends that have moved away and lost your friendship with them. It could be your looks that are wonderful or not so much your personality strengths that you credit yourself for or that you are so irritated by yourself with really anything that is a gift of God. If you're in me mode, it's either going to be a beautiful thing that gives you temporary encouragement but then is lost, or it's going to be staring at a terrible thing that has encouragement be non-existent. That's why we need to get out of me mode and instead stay in he mode. Who is Jesus? He loved us. He chose us. He gave gave us already eternal encouragement and good hope. What has Jesus done for us? Time and time again during his life, he clearly was all in on serving other people, whether they deserved it or not. Eventually, he was willing this higher status God to lay down his life for lower status sinners. And then not only did he stay in the grave as our substitute with our sin, he rose from the dead without sin clinging to him any longer. Because he lives, you also will live. To stare at what we have accomplished is temporary. To stare at what Jesus has accomplished is eternal. And so, as we go on with our lives, God gives us these two commands as we stay looking at Jesus on our wall. His beautiful virtuoso of redemption. Verse 15 has two commands. Stand firm. Hold fast. Stand firm. And hold on to that good hope like a a two-ton anchor. Let nothing move you. Hold fast because that is what lasts forever. That is what bolsters you and gives you resilience, the desire to keep going, a spring in your step. It's what Jesus has done for you, not so much what you have done. And then anything you have done in response is a gift of His, an opportunity to serve Him and the people around you. 
Did you know our world is full of struggling, hurting people? Jesus has given you eternal encouragement so that you can give them eternal encouragement. Jesus has given you good hope so that you can give them good hope. So we look at our bank account and we say, look what Jesus has given me. It's a gift of his for me to work with. And we spotlight him with satisfaction and rejoice with a thankful heart. As much or as little as we have, we never puff up because of it and we never are anxious and afraid and, and sad and depressed because of it. As we think about our, our children and our grandchildren, our own awards and trophies, we say, wow, look what God has allowed me to do. He gets the credit. Look at what God has given me, these kids and grandkids that had this good thing happen, had this successful day, time, month, year. What a gift of God. And if our kids and grandkids are disappointing us, or if we are disappointing us, if our career path is, is not what we hoped it would be, well, we stay in he mode. And we say, Jesus has given me this difficult thing to work with. He wants me to influence them in a way that would honor him rather than the alternative. And Jesus promises me that this difficult time is only temporary. The temporary loss is far outweighed by the eternal glory. And that gives us eternal encouragement. Whatever it is, our career path, opportunities enjoyed or missed out on, this, that, and the other, we're able to say God is in control and I'm not. And He has already given me eternal encouragement. So therefore, I'm going to make it by His grace. Dear Christian, enjoy what you got accomplished today. Enjoy your victories as they arrive. Stay in your lane and use what God has given you with your fullest ability. But don't ever expect your stuff that's hanging on the wall, looking at the, the good or the bad, to give you eternal encouragement. There's only one source of that. Jesus Christ, your Savior, has already given you what you could never provide for yourself. Forgiveness of sins, a home in heaven, the peace of mind that passes understanding, and the joy of serving Him no matter what comes your way. Because Christ has given us eternal encouragement, we can live well under His grace. We can die well under His grace. So stand firm. Hold fast to His Word. Spotlight Jesus. Keep marching. Amen. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.